Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special Sunday night hotline league. We are doing this at 8 o'clock instead of 7 o'clock because uh, we had some technical difficulties. I technically couldn't get a hold of my co-host. And so I we, technically was in bed sleeping. <laughs> and so and so we are now doing this at an hour later. And the day earlier is because in approximately twelve or so hours, I will be boarding a plane to Korea so that I can attend media. Play day Magic the Gathering. So that I can attend the Media Day and the World Finals. Um, I have a sponsor who's bringing me out to do an event the day before. So technically, my coverage will still not be sponsored while I'm out there, which is very funny. But I'm going to take the money that the pers- that the company's giving me from the day before uh, finals and uh, spend it to create some coverage. So I don't know if we'll get anything out of finals, but um, at least media day and maybe some other stuff. We'll see. Anyway, uh, let's talk about some stuff. So we've had uh... more things by... My rumor that Tactical had told Immortals to bail. Hey, Mark, have you you slept through the day, so you don't know what's been happening? Nope, no, no, no. Okay, no so, idea what's on on the front page. So I, uh, oh, it's I don't think it's even on the front page right now. Well, one Ignar is apparently going to excel according to Sheep Esports. I saw that one. Yes, um, and then I think Sheep, but it doesn't look like it even made the subreddit. Oh no, there it is. Uh, made it to Immortals, so. Um, or has continued to, to make be on Immortals. I had heard that rumor that we joked about last time about him telling Immortals no thank you, but I don't know. Maybe maybe that never happened, or maybe he went and looked around and couldn't find anything else. Who knows? But uh, that's some of the, the latest stuff over from Sheep Esports. Um, I'll shout out Alienware for sponsoring this episode, which I really appreciate. Uh, and we'll talk about more stuff. But Mark, first off, what have you been up to this past six days i guess um not much you know you've, you've heard most of my updates nothing really going on in my life um uh, i mean you've got to be consuming ha- some media which is normally what this normally this part of the show is never well travis i've decided to take a new approach to health and so i've been jogging on the beach and i've been doing this normally this is just you being like this is what i've watched this is what i've played maybe this is what i've read um, haven't read anything. I'm going through Bands of Morning audiobook. Uh, I am still playing Cyberpunk, trying to like, I'm basically 100%ing it. Well, I don't know. I've kind of, my, my thoughts haven't changed much from last week on that. I did watch, um, fuck, what is it called? Uh, Quiz Lady. It's not great. It's Quiz like a Lady? B. Quiz Lady. It's a movie with Aquafina and Sandra O, oh, and it's like, oh, I've seen ads for that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those movies where like we put it on thinking it would be like a C or a D movie, and then it's like a B B plus. And so like because my expectations were so low, I actually really enjoyed it, but I don't want to overhype it and make it sound like it's really good. But if you're just like nothing to do and want a comedy movie to throw on in the background, that it's actually pretty good. Gotcha. Um, um but I I haven't we haven't gone to the movies in a hot minute. There's like no good movies out. There's starting to be good movies again. Well, I guess not are good, but like at least popularish movies we'll probably watch miss marvel soon and some of that stuff i think it's the marvels right that's what it's called yeah whatever i was gonna yeah. see it and then um and my plans ended up falling through but i found out from somebody that's only an hour and a half which feels so short for like a superhero movie i'm not saying that like wow you really need all this extra time i'm just like 
damn, I can't think of the last time a superhero movie was like 90 minutes long. Like, yeah, Disney Plus episodes of some shows are that long. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So Uh, I I heard it wasn't very good either. So, you know, maybe that's why they're like, "Ah, let's just get this out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I need to for the plane. I have downloaded uh, some more Doctor Who because I'm still working my way through that with a rewatch guide. And then I also downloaded Loki because I think I've only seen the first episode of that uh, second season. I need to continue to watch it. But I heard it was good. Um, um, yeah, I, I've watched like there's a bunch of things that always are running in the background that I'm not paying enough attention to to give like my full thoughts. Like Ashley's been going through Castlevania and I've been kind of watching that actually seems pretty good, which people have said for a long time. Um, I watched some free run no whatever the hell i liked it a lot she was kind of like met on it so we noped out of there there's an anime about um uh this alchemist or uh, apothecary girl that one's actually really good but i can't remember the name of that one um attack on titans come to an end but we haven't finished that yet so we have to have to do that i don't know a lot, a lot of stuff loki was she was she was watching loki i wasn't watching i didn't like season one loki so when she put really on two, i was like I'm out that's here. crazy yeah. i feel like it's one of the only good things that they've done post um Endgame or whatever. I will say, like, I don't think it's terrible. Um, and I think it has, like, cool ideas. But it, I was just really taken out of the plot because there was just no internal consistency about anything. Um, like, Loki's powers, just, like, he was either a god and, like, stopping buildings from falling and doing crazy shit. Or, like, yeah. he was getting into a fist fight with someone on a train. And, like, it just didn't feel like they respected his character at all from, like, a lore standpoint and like you and i both love hard magic systems and i'm like <laughs> why can't this god <laughs> do anything in this situation when like literally a scene ago i just watched him do something and like sure. it just took me so out of it i was like i can't like the stakes are whatever the writers want them to be the the actions whatever the writers want it to be there's like nothing consistent here at all and i, I just kind of my eyes glazed over at some point yeah i feel like uh that's fair. I The nice thing is that you mentioning that reminded me that I finished The Sunlit Man, which was Secret Project Book 4 for Brandon Sanderson. I really liked it. Uh, it is definitely the most Cosmere of the of the three Cosmere books he released this year. And um, I, I definitely had a hard time putting it down. I think the other books I was able to kind of slow roll, uh, but because this one was very action movie-esque, it was a. Uh, it was very easy to, to rip through. I also I need to check, but I feel like it was fairly short. Um, I have I had the copy in here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I have the book. I can show it off. The uh, for anybody who who did back the Kickstarter, you'll know how beautiful these books have been. Um, they're just really really nice. So, dude, sprayed edges for some reason just get me going. It's like the easiest hack on a book to make me be like, I need to get that. It's just spray the edges. And I'm like, yes. Well, I think this is just the most beautiful. It's hard because I'm a little desaturated today on the on the camera. But this like bright red with the gold foil and everything, it just crushed it. Um, I don't know. I Oh, God. It's so beautiful. Anyway. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I should also say, I think I mentioned this on the last stream, but like I will be leaving from Korea right after finals to go to... The oh, Mark's got some sort of thing that's happening right now. Ashley heard us talking about books and appeared out of nowhere. Oh, I was really? just saying I like sprayed edges because Travis was showing off a book. She's left. Oh, okay. she said, "Oh, left. she can call in and share her book opinion." <laughs> um, 
But I, I, oh yeah, I'm going to be at the Dragonsteel Con, Brandon Sanderson's convention in Salt Lake, which is uh, the first couple days of Thanksgiving week. So I will actually be on two panels. I'm hosting a panel on the Sunlit Man and also on Romantic Theory, uh, because that's how fucking dirty I am. Um, it's which is really really cool. Unfortunately, this is much to Mark's pleasure. I've I signed up for these two panels before I knew what times they were at, and they are right on top of the Magic the Gathering draft that uh, Brandon Sanderson does. So I will not be. <laughs> drafting with that crew and instead i will be in a different hall talking about realmatic theory so i mean that gets me more interested than anything because i was like i'm so deep on that you know and i'm, I'm watching yeah. the um like book read-alongs you know because sure. you, you did one of those right so i was watching the sunlit man read-along kind of or like a i did one of those things that I, did you not do one of those am I, am I crazy you thought i was on one of brandon's like book clubs I, I thought you, i thought you did something i don't know i'm 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 confused i guess yeah i didn't i did not uh but i will be i will maybe what you saw was that i'm hosting like they're doing a live book club type thing for sunlit man and at dragon steel con and that's what i'm doing so i don't maybe know. yeah but uh, anyways uh i i watch those and I, I see people being like i think this is how it works i'm like oh, guys have you not read every word of brandon like yeah. about romantic theory like come on yeah so i the the topic of the panel is like what have it's like well it's like a sander studies 401 advanced romantic theory and the description is like what have we learned about romantic theory from the books that were released this year so i'm i'm trying to corral my my panelists along with me but basically i want to do like okay we're gonna spend like 10 to 15 minutes sort of recapping what we've learned and what we thought was interesting about romantic theory from each of the books. And then we'll do Q and a afterwards. So, uh, it'll be very fun. Um, so if you are going to dragon steel con, please come say hi to me. It'll be fun to bump into folks there. Anyway, I think, well, that's, we're all caught up now on stuff. Uh, also I'll be at finals. So if you see me at finals, that would be swell. And I'll have an announcement of what I am doing on Saturday in korea um league of legends starts now we need we know what travis you should you should get an on-screen indicator you know have some people have like their spoilers indicator we need like our weekly recap section to be like officially i mean in the vod and in the podcast release we do timestamps. yeah 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 and then like live it's not like people really need to like come in and out of this stuff you know like they just leave it on and then whenever we get to something like, quite frankly, part of the reason we do this is because when we do the show live, we start to build viewership, especially on a night where we weren't able to announce um, <laughs> everything beforehand. So, you know, it's kind of like, okay, now we've got some people watching. Now we can talk about everything. So uh, let's get into everything. Obviously, we had a banger of a series last night, if you, spoiler warning, I guess, but we've got T1 in the finals again. Faker continuing his adventures. I bring this up because I feel like no one else will bring it up. Last last week, uh, we didn't talk at all about worlds, and that was because Mark couldn't find anybody who wanted to talk about worlds. You know, we we could only talk about what the callers want to talk about. We can't fake call-ins, but if folks want to talk about that, if they want to talk about how you know we were getting so much grief for not beating Weibo 
with NRG, and now they're heading to the fucking finals, folks. You know, oh, sorry, we couldn't beat the fucking finalists. Maybe, maybe easy we'll side this. of the bracket. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. you know, Weibo versus NRG. It's free. Yes. Well, sorry, Gen G, you shitter first seed LCK, <laughs> and BLG, you shitter second seed LPL. Uh. Anyway, yeah, Faker's still undefeated against LPL at Worlds, and it's been uh, it's been a, a fun couple of nights. I. I couldn't make it through all games last night, and I had to catch up this morning. I was up for the first two and was talking to Yet about it. Mark, you, you and I had different the, sleep you? schedules. You, Mark, you don't get to be like, oh, my God. I can't I believe. Do. Why? Why, Mark? Why? Because you could just sit around and do four. nothing this entire time because this is the one you... thing that you're getting paid for during this time? No. You only have to stay up till 4. When because we 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 time we got the the time sync back, so instead of starting at one a.m., they start at midnight now. Yeah, you know, you stay up till four a.m. If you it's to a bed, five game series, at, it ends at four. Yeah, so maybe five if it's the whole five games. It was only four games yesterday, though. All right, I have. And then, I have things I'm doing, including, by the way, what, trying. What to, did you do it? Here's one thing today. I have to do, Mark, is I have to wake up at very early tomorrow to make it to my flight. So, and then you're like, well, you can just sleep on the flight. Well, the problem is, is that I land, have to go to sleep immediately so that I can make it to the media day on Wednesday at a reasonable time in Korea and actually do don't work sleep. there. Don't sleep on the flight then. That's okay. what I do. I just, I'm not I just going sleep to on sleep on the flight. My problem is I can't fuck my sleep schedule to where I'm going to sleep at five and then get on a plane early morning, you know, sleep no, no time at all and then get on a plane. I think you could, but you know that's that's just me because that's that's what I do. No, you couldn't. You could not that's, stay up that's for forty eight hours. That's literally what I did for for Ireland trip and coming back. Is you I stayed I, up I for stay forty eight hours? Basically, yeah. I don't sleep on planes because I just can't do it, and I'll usually not sleep a ton beforehand, so that way when I get I land at that place, I'm just fucking conked out. Construction Steve in the chat says, Mark, kind of a bully, and I've been saying that for close to 300 episodes. Uh, but yeah, NFCPM says, Mark couldn't even stay up to make the show on time. Yeah, the guy who sleep, slept through the start of the show doesn't get I, to talk I about my I just completely sleep forgot. It's a, it's a fucking Sunday. I forgot we were doing All it. All right. Anyway, so. That's, we, that's we not have, my sleep. That's me being an idiot. There's, I will defend we my have ability. Worlds. Uh, to talk about if people want to talk about it. But we also have uh, Ignar going back to Excel. Here's what I will say. I tweeted the boomerang thing because Ignar is going back to LEC. And then a bunch of people came off, came after me and was like, how is this a boomerang? He's been here for four years. Well, let me tell you what a boomerang does. A boomerang goes somewhere and then it goes back to where it started. That is literally... <laughs> What is happening you right are, now? You are stretching this so far. I am not dude. stretching this so far. Listen to me, Mark. We just had a fucking no, no, no. Let's have this conversation now because this is great. You okay. can be, you okay. can represent okay. all the people that are coming after me on Twitter about having this take because a bunch of people are like, "How dare you have this take?" We just had this player come over here. He didn't get much attention for a while. He finally gets to a point where, like, wow, people love these five guys. They fucking outperform. They have the Cinderella story. They go to, they switch orgs in the middle of the split. He's he's on it. They go off to Korea, and they have the best performance. And then we lose him 
to another region. And I wanted to note here that people seem to think this means, oh, Travis is angry with Ignar. Like, I had a lot of people who were getting defensive on behalf of Ignar. I'm not angry at Ignar. I am frustrated with a system wherein, oh, cool, we had uh, this player who has had took many years to get to a point where, boom, you know, doing great at Worlds, everybody can get excited about him. And then the very first thing that happens within a couple of weeks is it gets reported that he's going to LEC. That is a frustrating moment. I think people should feel fine and are justified, like myself, to be frustrated that that is how the LCS functions these days. It's still not a boomerang. Like the, the, the crux of your point being like, it sucks that a great team seems to be breaking up a little bit that everyone loves. That's fine. No, but it's not. A it's boomerang. not about breaking up, Mark. This is not like TSM, uh, you know, with Doublelift leaving and Sven and Mithy coming in. This is a situation where we had a player who's going back to Europe after becoming what could have been like a really great star for the league. Okay, Ignar's never going to be a star for the league. No offense. Love the guy. But he doesn't like have the personality or anything to be like a star. He's he's a really good player. But he's like popped off plenty of times in the past before. He popped off for, for Europe in 2017 for Misfits. He did decently, you know, for us at, with, on FlyQuest in 2020. Like... He he is good. He's been good for years. He he's he's been around this level with highs and lows at different points in his career. So like, yeah, I I don't understand. Like he's he's always been pretty good. He had some good performances this year. Um, again, the FlyQuest team was really easy to root for. A lot of NA guys on the top side of the map. And uh, yeah, it sucks that they're bringing up. But how is this a boomerang? Like, plenty of players have four year careers or under just from North America who come into the league, play for a couple of years, don't quite work out, and then they're gone. Do you think Igor didn't quite work out? No, I'm saying that like the lifespan of the average pro player isn't much longer than four years. You you are correct in that, but I don't think that they tend to leave on career. They don't tend to retire on career Who cares how they leave? The the point being that this is not a boomerang. He he played in North America longer than the average pro player plays at all. Literally the definition of a boomerang is something that flies and then it comes back. Okay, so planes are boomerangs. Because they fly to Boston, then they fly back to Los Angeles. A plane is a boomerang. A boomerang. Like fucking anything a, that goes from one place to another is a boomerang. boomerang Dude, I'm within a the context of the synology, yes. It goes back to the couch. Within the context of the synology, yes. It's it's a boomerang. Dude, my ass is boomeranging all over the place right now. So, okay, fine. Let's say it's not a boomerang. Let me ask you this: Do you think it's a good thing for the league that we have a player who came over here? And is like now going back to the region af- after getting to the point where they're at the top of the league, and now they are going back to Europe. Is this is it, have the goalpost shifted? I, no, I was, the goalpost. The goalpost is not, now the goal I, I you dispute my definition. Fine, we will use your definition. Let me just continue to act, like rather than arguing semantics, let's argue my point. Which is, this is not a good thing for the league, and like this perpetuates yes. a continual issue. Yes. Sort of, yes. I think that this team breaking up sucks. And to the point, yeah, like I wish that this team played again next year. And even Think Card was saying, like tweeting this as well. You know, the coach of Energy was saying, you know, like change is kind of inevitable. But this is like the one year I wish that like there wasn't any change. I agree. You know, this team has fans now, and it's getting changed. That said, 
I think the thing that is worth looking into is why is it changing? Like, does Ignar not have any opportunities in NA or has the economy of the league collapsed to the point where he is getting more money now to go to Europe? Or is it just a better situation that's available to him in Europe? Is Excel really the better situation? Who can say? Maybe. Um, but I, I I agree that it's not good. You would like to keep your players in your ecosystem, but um, this happens. It's happened in the past. I think this happens is I, such like a not. <laughs> I, no, I mean like this, this. Like you can't like you brought a player over. They they played a long period of time, and now they're going somewhere else. Like I I don't really have an issue with that part of it i think the question is like is it happening because the economy has collapsed is the bigger question for me that is a concern um and similarly like the reason i i'm not like super perturbed that he he's leaving for for like going back or not is i think how do i put this Like, I don't want to say he served his time because <laughs> that makes it sound like he was in prison in North America. Yes. But like he, he gave a lot, you know, like he he played, he competed. He was like, it wasn't like he was just like some, it wasn't like someone who came over for the wrong reasons. I get which that is this is less, not as bad as like a Perks or an Alfari or one yeah, of those. Yeah, like when you, when you throw the boomerang emote, yes. I actually love when you do that because a lot of the times it's justified and those guys clearly came over. And sometimes it's not their fault. You know, like sometimes it's- Yeah, I don't throw the boomerang. Forcing, Sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, so the boomerangs, sometimes it's a pro player cr- trying to come to NA to get the bag. We've heard rumors of players who have done that before. There's also times where this European player or, you know, Korean player is not given proper opportunities in, in their region or whatever, and then they come over here for a little bit. Like, so those are the ones that really bother me when that player then goes back to the ecosystem because it's like, you didn't even want to fucking be here in the first place. For all intents and purposes, Ignar wanted to be here and just has a better opportunity somewhere else. So, like, I'm not so upset at that. It's more like, why is the opportunity better in Europe now? I um, that, that concerns me. I Here's the final thing I will say on this. So and then we can start getting into calls and stuff. But I, when I throw the boomerang, it is not to throw shade at the player, which is what I think a lot of people think. And I understand that's not what you think, but that's, I just want to double down on your clarification there. Because uh, I think a lot of people misunderstand that they get defensive on behalf of the player. Uh, I see Raz in the chat saying it's not bad. And I see, and I know you're saying, hey, four years is not that bad. And I understand what you mean. I do think it is more frustrating whenever we make a big deal about Perks coming over and then Perks leaves or Sword Art coming over and then Sword Art leaves. That being said, I continue to feel as though whether or not, like, it, this is not a situation where the player is retiring. This is a situation where the player is going to a different region after coming here. If this player had been a North American talent, that player would probably continue to be playing here. Like you don't see a situation where players in North America play for four years and then they get a better offer and then they go to another region. Um, It's just not like a, a thing that tends to happen here. And so I still file this under the, hey, it's really unfortunate that, and very difficult for fans to build equity and fandom around a player when you start to build it and that player leaves. And oftentimes that comes in the burst of one year, like perks. And oftentimes, well, sometimes, rarely, it comes in the case of four years like Ignar. I continue to think this is not a great thing. Um, that being said, it 
I think if I was to go to Riot and say, hey, like, hey, you got to fix this, I don't think it's a situation where I would want to solve for this type of case. I think this only feels bad when it comes, whenever Ignar's name is on a long list of players from the past four years who have come to North America and left. So in, in the vacuum, not that big of a deal. As a symptom of the content, the bigger issue, I think a much bigger issue. So that's that's where I'll finish it. I think the most important thing we got out of this conversation is that my ass is a boomerang and literally anything that goes there and back again. Bilbo was a boomerang. There and back again was actually a boomerang uh, autobiography. That's that was the, the keyest of takeaways. Um, the, you're, you're, uh, you're memeing, you're, you're memeing the, the analogy, but I think everybody knows, uh, that it's an analogy, Mark. Um, it is easier to sometimes put a boomerang emoji than to be like, well, guys, I'm disappointed in the, another case of the systematic failure of the LCS to retain talent over time as a means of building fandom and increasing the interests of many people in the LCS so that we can continue to celebrate the league and the sport on a national level and not the continental level, regional level, whatever you want to say. There's no longer a 240 character limit. That would have fit in a tweet. Are you sure? An X, a Z. Um, All right. So what now? Do I pull <laughs> well, normally, Mark, <laughs> this is a college show. We oh, <laughs> right, right, maybe right, we right, can take right. some calls if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so for people who don't know, you, you might be confused after the first 30 minutes. This is actually a live call-in show. <laughs> go ahead and join up in the Discord link. Uh, I posted earlier. I'm posting it again. Uh, if you want to get on the show, go ahead, join that link. Join one of the voice channels. And then uh, go ahead and write your topics in the text channels, either pleb topics or subtopic sex channels. If I like it, I'll pull it. Um, and then you'll be on the air talking. And some people like to put their take, but don't join a room. Some of them even work for Riot, like our stats guy, who put a take in and then didn't fucking join a room. Classic. All right. So hopefully he joins a room, but we'll see. Um, if not, no big deal. Medic can also uh, join a room. Medic says he disagrees with my take, and that's completely fine. Um, are we going to pull a take about it after we already argued for I mean, 10 minutes I mean, if it's medic, it? I feel like people would like that, but maybe not. Uh, All right, we'll see. We'll you're see. you're the take home. puller. You could deny medic his take if you want to, if you fits it in the Discord. Sounds boring. Skip. <clears throat> um, I do have one pulled already. Should I go pull that person? While no, no. I think here here's the other thing. While people are putting their takes in, we can talk about worlds. We can also talk about off-season stuff. Uh, anything else, I think it's completely on on the table. There's obviously been a decent amount of stuff. I mean, the Fudge stuff, Fudge has now officially had his contract extended. I see people in the chat talking about that. We discussed that a little bit last week. A lot of the stuff that I discussed uh, last week has now been uh, further, I guess, uh, pushed on on the front of Sheep Esports stuff so we can discuss. What about Malring? What about Malring? Oh, I, I was I was deep in a, in a comment section for um, 100 Thieves signing river or whatever you know and someone was like god travis was so wrong because he said uh he thought it was going to be malring and then someone replied to him and was like no travis didn't say that he said someone yelled that at him <laughs> while driving by <laughs> when he was trying to eat a burrito or something yeah i mean i also mentioned 
I also mentioned River in that conversation, but like this is what happens is is people so immediately after the show last week, uh what somebody makes a tweet like, wow, Travis is just putting a bunch of stuff out on there. Somebody replies to that tweet and is like, Hey, uh, what did he say? And then somebody slams everything I said at a fifteen minute long like conversation yeah. into a two hundred and forty character tweet. And one of them just said Hundred Malring, like that was how they glossed over my discussion of Hundred T's Jungler and everything. They just wrote Hundred Malring, and then Reddit used this fucking tweet from like a, a egg account or whatever the equivalent of an egg account is now, and just made that the fucking headline and put all that into the comments about you know everything I just said, and then everyone in the comments are like, "Wow, Malring's going to Hundred T and all this other shit that I like." said about you know hey here's kind of what's going on blah 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 blah. and then i just i was just like oh my fucking god and it exactly what you said i knew that that was what was going to happen because you were like oh yeah you murked your own uh reddit thread or whatever we were talking about at the walk afterwards yeah like i did that because shit like that happens where like six months later people will be like travis is a joke of a of a content creator he has you know he he completely gets everything wrong every off season i'm just like okay I will say, here's one rumor I'll throw out, though. The EG has sold rum- rumors continue to perpetuate, um, and uh, and and there's, like, they, they, they were like, okay, originally they were going to sell to this, and then that rumor died, and I don't know if that's because it fell through, but now there's a rumor that they've sold to another team, so we'll see if anything hits in the, um, in the, uh, the next week or so. And, by the way, Golden Guardians releasing these players, or the, these players going to other... other uh, teams like I think Gory is announced that he's able to look for stuff or whatever. Uh, I think that continues my firm belief that this team is getting sold off. Um, they're getting kaboomed. I yeah, I just think that that's the the case. Uh, not kaboom. That's what happened to. Uh, was it evil? No, it was an evil geniuses. It was a uh, alliance. Not not kaboomed. Uh, that's the alliance special, but yeah, something else. All right, I think it's time for uh, calls. All righty, let's do. <laughs> let's do as he cuts off himself off. All right, thank you to some folks here. We got, uh, oh my God, Joseph Joestar, Rhett CS1, Jay Senny, uh, uh, Magnificent, Shroom5, Zachary, Lucas, uh, Supertramp, Oriso, Pseudofox, Warden Xenon, Vimstrike, Jammin TST. Uh, some other folks that I got before. I'll read off the rest of these whenever we have another break. But Mr. Bojangles is here. Mr. Bojangles, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling in from Washington State. Washington State. What do you want to talk about on the show? So I wanted to talk about how exciting it is that Shopify Rebellion is pulling up uh, Zazal and Fake God from the NACL. Oh, this is great because are you one of those people that have been tweeting me angrily about it? Uh, No. No, I don't really okay. use Twitter. Great. Uh, no, this is another thing. Oh uh, yeah. Have you seen this? Uh, that that was the least convincing. Uh, no, I I don't use Twitter. <laughs> I, I fucking I felt that. Uh, no, no. I don't know if you've seen this, Mark, but um, I have said previously that um, that I felt like Spotify's entrance into Spotify, Shopify's entrance into the space. <laughs> I love it. Uh, is yeah. is going to be disappointing? And then I had some people yeah, be yeah. like. Oh, well, they're signing Zazel. That's exactly what NRG did, or CLG did. How can you... You fucking hypocrite. You're a joke. Actually, let me see if I can find that tweet. 
Uh, I've, I've seen I've seen them floating around that you know you said people aren't going to be excited about this roster and people have different expectations of you. You want Perks, um, Alfari, Sword Art all on a team together, and instead you got some homegrown salt of the earth. Yeah, here's ex- here's the exact quote: Americans. Hey Travis, you said Org should do what Energy Canadians. did, but said Shopify was going to be disappointing. Yet Shopify are doing exactly what Energy did. Can you explain if you became a two-faced clout monger piece of crap at birth, or was it acquired? You never cared about NA. Who hurt him? I mean, can we agree that that's like a pretty well-written tweet, though? I before we before it, before we talk about the content, it's just the like tweet, this is where we're at, the, you know. The setup and payoff of that is like pretty good. You never cared about NA is. Uh... A pretty big fucking jump. Were, were you born a fucking two-faced I'm rat, like, or did you grow into it like in puberty, or like when? I look at I look at so many other content creators who have like <clears throat> left to different games from the LCS, or have just stopped doing content around the LCS. Mostly do content about other regions. I'm still here making videos about every little thing that I'm frustrated about the LCS doing, uh, but I never cared about NA, Mark. I don't know what I care about. No, that sounds right. Cla- I guess you're still chasing clout. Yeah, yeah. Aren't you still after that, dude? If I am chasing clout, clout, boy, am I doing it the wrong way. I will say See, that. See, that's that's a great distinction to make. It's not your intentions. You you are clout chasing. You're just terrible. Terrible at it. At it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you clearly should have jumped shark to Valorant when that became popular. No, dude. You I shouldn't have, have. I should have followed Overwatch League. No, no. I. It's none of those things. Those things. I. If I wanted to clout chase, I would have just gone and done like streaming stuff. You know, streamer, streamer content. I would have followed Mark or not Mark Broden all over and tried to do some be enter the the live stream fails uh, meta of of streaming and stuff. <laughs> Others have done it before. Um, okay, so Mr. Brojangles, well, let, first let's off, the, yeah, let's let's. let's why don't you elaborate why. a little bit on your take? Because you said that they were excited about this. Yeah. So some of the reasons why people should be excited because Zayzal's been in the game for a while. Um, he was part of the semifinalist Cloud Nine team back in 2018, uh, and he's kind of disappeared since then. So people not not know a ton about him, but he's taken a game off of Genji at Worlds, who had Ruler at the time going to toe to toe with him uh and he's been a development gem in the nacl he's taken two different ad carries on two different orgs uh and won both the spring and summer nacl championship along with fate god uh and this is the grassroots na talent that callers in the past have talked about uh i i think this is going to be one of the first teams that's kind of trying to copy the nrg blueprint for being able to get really good value get guys who work well together uh, to be able to win a championship so what i will say to you and also to the uh this twitter person i i'm excited to see zazel and fake god get picked up especially zazel who i think was really good on c9 and is a perfect example of a player who might you know have I, what was his his complete path afterwards? I'm trying to remember before he ended up in Academy. I'm going to look it up. Um, but who had a great entrance on C9 and then ended up on... Oh, he was on EG. Yeah, right when EG came into the league and they were kind of a mess. And then straight into Academy and stuff afterwards. And I think very often we have players who are on top teams then end up on a team that is underdeveloped or 
undersupported, et cetera, which I would say like, you know, EG later on proved themselves to be pretty good, but I think that they scrambled to throw a bunch of random shit together in their first year um, because of when they entered the league. And then, you know, was not really given another fair shot uh, for a little bit. Did some couching, coaching for C9, et cetera. So I think it's great that he's coming in. When I talk uh, more about the stuff that I'm disappointed in in Shopify, it is not that they are not picking up or that's that they're picking up somebody like Zazel. It is that I, what my understanding of a lot of what they are planning on doing in the space was sort of retain a lot of the like zombie TSM stuff that was going on previously. Um, and I don't think that it is fair to be like, well, they picked up Zazel. So this is what CLG or NRG did. Um, and I think it's better to point to CLG rather than NRG for giving, giving folks this credit. Uh, I mean, a lot of what CLG did was also build out one, bring in a GM who was, who was able to build this stuff, but also build out a coaching staff and a support staff that was really strong and then look at things in a long-term way. Um, and I would love to have seen no offense to the players that were on TSM last year, but I would have loved to see sort of a, a ground floor rebuild with a GM that, uh, is, has like a strong history of building successful rosters and build a coaching staff around that as well. So I don't think it's as simple as, Hey, we're just grabbing two of these players. Again, I'm excited to see uh, them come into space, especially Zazel, but yeah. Let me tell you first how you're wrong. Well, first, let me tell you how Zazel is good, and then I'll tell you how you're wrong. Because some, some people in Twitch are... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. But some people in Twitch are debating it. Um, and I feel like he just, like, there's some players who get, like, the curse tag of, like, not good in lane. I feel like that's one of the worst tags you can get, like, um, applied to you uh, for whatever reason. Like, you know, people are like, this guy's a jerk, or this guy's this, or this guy's that. I don't think anything will, like make people scared of picking up faster than like the he's just not very good in lane yeah. uh and i think that that was kind of what um he got hit with danny was bad in lane yeah danny's i think a great counter example where like he had the he's not great in lane but he'll 1v9 the game later but um uh, yeah i i don't know why that tag of not good in lane suddenly carries such weight that Ilya's just like well we can't play with him or something um so i i think zazel is really really good in shot calling um, you can hear it in his comms. People have worked with him, talk about how smart he is. He's clearly dedicated to the scene. Um, you know, he's been around a long time. I'm excited to see him back. Uh, I think it's fair to say, like, I wonder how his laning is going to be now that he's back in the LCS. But uh, he won Academy or Proving Ground, excuse me. So, like, he's, he's pretty good. And, um, yeah, I think the point of people saying that this is similar to NRG, I think, is the taking players who have fallen off the the wagon a little bit and putting them back on it, which happened with Insanity, happened with Fake God, and happened with Zazel, where all three guys have kind of had to bounce between the uh, LCS and its uh, Tier 2. So there is that comparison that I see where people are talking about, as well as the, like, tweaking things over time. Uh, you know, which is something else that NRG did where they didn't just like full rebuild the roster from the ground up. They kept pieces that stuck around. So you have Insanity, Boogie. Do they have an AD carry yet? Am I tripping the turtle? Uh, I think it might. I don't. I mean, again, do, do they have any of these players? But I don't think that there's right. been any news that it's somebody other than turtle. 
Right, so let's, let's assume for now it's Turtle, and uh, you're bringing in Zazel and Fake God. Cool. You know, like, they kept some of the pieces they thought worked, which was their mid-jungle. I'm surprised Chime is out, but maybe there's something there that we don't know about. Um, and we'll see if they change over their bot lane. I, I mean, maybe Turtle and Chime are both gone. Who, who knows? But, uh, yeah, it's it's like... I can see why the comparisons are being made, even if I don't think it, like you're saying, is exactly the translating one-to-one. Yeah, I don't, I like, is this much different than what, like, an Immortals or Dignitas has done in the past? I, I don't think that you get to just be like, well, they picked up two players. That's what, that, that are, like, NA talent, that's, like, the energy special. You know, I think what energy and or CLG did was a lot more exhaustive and a lot more impressive and a lot term, a long-term um, sort of thought process than, than this. So, but maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe they'll be lifting the trophy in spring and then again, they can play this and be like, Travis was wrong. No, no. If, if it's going to mirror energy, they're going to come out and they're going to get like ninth place. We're going to be like, see, they fucking suck. They're going to change out one player and then they win in summer or do well in summer. At least yeah. that's the energy. And just to jump in, one point that I want to toss in there is that Zazal actually had an opportunity to come back to the LCS uh, this past summer split. He actually declined a couple of different offers on like the lower tier orgs to actually run it back with Disguised Toast. Yeah. So another reason why we should all be excited is our guy isn't going to come back to the LCS unless he's going to be part of what he thinks is going to be a competitive roster. Uh. I wouldn't make that jump, but maybe. I like I I know he could have done it's it, but opium. he like he like disguise released all those players, right? Um, and so I think maybe this is a good time for him to to jump in. And also, like, there's not much academy support anymore, so uh, I'm not I I think he might have his he this might be a better solution for him than you think. I guess is the way I would say. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, Mr. Bro Jangles, for the call. Anything that you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, yeah, I'd like to shout out my girlfriend, Athena, and my dogs. I couldn't be here without them. Uh, and also, Alienware. It's super awesome that they've been dedicated uh, to you for so long. And uh, I've actually personally picked up a couple of Dell monitors awesome. because of your sponsorship. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate that. Uh, that's that's fantastic to hear. And uh, thanks again for the call. We'll catch you next time. Absolutely. Catch you guys later. See ya. All right. I uh, wanted to grab another caller, Mark. Uh, while he's doing that, I will just read off some more uh, Twitch subs. Uh, the Alchemist, Cal L, gifted a sub. Leo the Chosen, Desamaya, Wild for 52 months. That's wild. Uh, VX Song, uh, Conneria, Anonymous Gifter, gifted five subs. Thank you, Anonymous Gifter. Very generous of you. Penguin Buddy, 15. My PS, uh, Token Lots, Rassenkin, uh, MYC, Blue Jay, Robert Bruce, and BZE Jamster. We got Leo in the call. Leo, where are you calling from? Hello, I'm calling from Washington State as well. Washington State. And what do you want to talk about on the show? This is going to be the most one-sided finals in world's history. Oh, okay. We are getting a world's take. Thank God. Before world finals. We have we two least... world's takes. I Holy made sure we shit. found two. All right. So which direction is it going to be in? Uh, is it going to be one-sided in? T1, surely. 
All right, so T1 is going to smash Weibo. T1, 3-0. I'm not going to go so far as to say it's going to be the fastest uh, finals we've ever seen, but it's going to be so dominating that we're going to be like semifinals was the world, was the real finals. Yeah, well, that's good because I've got a how, flight to make, so that I hope it goes quick. Uh, how how much are you sticking to this being the fastest or most dominant finals ever? Because there have been some pretty dominant 2019 FPX G2 <laughs> kind of ones that were over pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, you got to look at it from the perspective that we all knew EU had no chance, but people are <laughs> thinking that Weibo has a chance. But they they're blinded by the shy and Cadrill. I dude, I wonder, Mark, how much Cadrill has impacted the sentiment towards this this finals and to Weibo. Because I feel like, quite frankly, like usually you know LPL fandom in the West is fairly niche most of the time. Uh, but because of how much. Cadrill, like how much memeing they've brought. They had Cadrill doing memes on the broadcast with like the shirt and all that stuff. Um, and uh, did you hear he's getting, he, he now is getting kicked out of the T1 offices? Uh, yeah. I, I wonder what, what's the full story there. Cause I, I feel like they wouldn't really care. I, maybe they would. I think it might, okay. Maybe even if Joe Marsh doesn't care, it might be a thing where like, T1 fans would not accept, you know, like consider. Oh, how it, T1 it, fans I, I can are. see a world where even Cadrill doesn't want to be there. I think for he, that reason as well. I don't think maybe now he doesn't, but whenever like he he did all that stuff live on stream, which is very bold, by the way, that he's just like showing like messages from Joe Marsh and all that stuff on stream. But um, so he's like, yeah, reacting to all that stuff. And originally he was like, oh guys, see if you can convince him to let me stay. Um. Which is a man who has understood clearly understands the pull and weight that he has in the space, um, but yeah. So I think I don't think it's it's. I think he would stay there if he could, um, but I think now he's yeah. trying to leverage it into getting to the finals. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, well, either way, that's that's neither here or there. Cadrol has been uh, it's been like it's been the subplot of worlds. You know, like yes. of course it's it's not taken over the storyline of the the players or anything, but it's it's like. I just think people actually give a shit about Weibo in a way that they probably wouldn't have in the West um, without him doing this. So, I mean, I I think their story would be compared to DRX and like, wow, the four C from the LPL is doing it this time. The shy is back. Like all those storylines would still be there, but there's this extra hilarious layer over top of all of that, which is just like, right? No one believed in them. There's this fucking guy losing his mind, you know, like all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's really cool. On uh, Leo's point, <laughs> I don't think it'll be the most dominant ever, but I am really concerned for Weibo. Um, Faker looks really fucking good. Uh, the Shy, I think, is maybe has a, a opportunity to get the better of Zeus, but I think it's close. Or Zeus, excuse me. Um, and then I think Botlane is is you know seems pretty strongly in. Uh, T1's favor. So, I don't know. Yeah, I I think that obviously T1 going into this is very favored. I'm trying to think of how I'm trying to think back to the previous worlds and how 
how T1 was if they were favored or not going into those, especially in in the ones that they've lost in the more recent years. They, um, I mean, they were super favored versus DRX. I mean, that's the obvious one, but even before then, um, uh, I think they were probably favored versus 2017 Samsung Galaxy. That's so long ago; it's not really relevant. Yeah. Um, I think I don't think that they've ever been at least not close to parity versus the team that they're playing against, just because with Karia and Gumiyushi and Zayz and Faker, everyone always considered them basic. I think like JDG is, is maybe one of the first times that they weren't necessarily favored, but even their form against LNG had a lot of people believing in T1 and thinking that they were going to be JDG and then they did it. So it wasn't even like they haven't, I don't, I don't think they're ever not at least like close to 50, 50. So last year though, the, I do think that there was a lot more hype and belief in DRX going to that finals though, right? Or am I just crazy revisionist think, history it right now? I agree. Uh, I think there's a little bit more belief in them. Like Zeka was playing like the best mid laner in the tournament. They just beat Gen G, right? I think they beat Gen G in semis. Um, so th- there was like a, a small belief in them, and they like they had like that plot armor buff. I don't really know if it's quite the same belief. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is I think that even then there was more faith in DRX than there is in Weibo right now. Uh, outside of the Cadrill camp, I I'm just super fascinated to see how this ends up going down. Because um, I think the scary thing is, I think it's gonna be really rough if T1 loses, like back to back years. Faker keeps trying to win. I I think the stakes are obviously anytime it's a finals, the stakes are fucking high. But I think the stakes in this finals feel particularly high uh, for T1 in a way that they probably haven't as much in the past just because of the history and because of how I think folks are, are really believing that they're going to be the ones to take it. Well, I think it's like... Faker's legacy is pretty secure, but for the other guys, they have this kind of choker label that's fallen onto them a little bit, especially Zeus with like some of his finals performances um, that people are worried for him. Um, So I do agree that there's quite a lot on the line for the legacy of some of those guys to avoid turning into chokies, you know, and like everyone kind of getting those those labels slapped onto them. The one thing I'll say is that they've already kind of won the finals by making it there because they get to meet new jeans. I don't think that the players really give a fuck after the new jeans concert. They'll just really? be riding that high. Okay. So, Did I mean, that seems to favor Weibo then, right? Because if if they're going to be, if most of their excitement and, and motivation is to meet new jeans, like that happens before the matches, right? No, but I think all the, all the pressure, they, like they don't care. They already won. Gotcha. You know, like in okay. their minds, they're playing loose and free. We fucking made it, guys. We get to meet new jeans. Yeah, Carrie is like. Have you seen the the Ashley King tweets about like the New Jeans members seeing Carrie yes. in the winning moments, being like, "I'm going to meet New Jeans." Yes. So yeah, I think I think that they already won, and they don't care anymore about the finals. Um, do you think that New Jeans is really hoping that they will come through? <laughs> Ooh, I. Uh... I'm I'm done with this call. Okay, <laughs> thank you, Leo, for the call. Actually, just are you sure, Mark? Is there nothing else we want to add on the analysis front? No. I, how I how think favored it, is it to T1? I guess is the best way. To put it. I don't think it'll be the fastest finals ever, I or like the most dominant. I I disagree with you there. I feel like when you look back at it, there's been a lot of 3-0 finals. Um, some of them have been pretty stompy. 
Um, but I, I do think T1 is massively favored. Okay. I think I think I'm there with you. I don't I'm not on the Cajal Weibo train. Uh Leo, it sounds like we mostly agree with you, even if we don't think it'll be that that much of as as much of a stomp as some of the stompiest stomps. But anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Uh shout out to the viewer that said I sound like Kermit. I hate you so much. <laughs> uh <laughs> uh shout out Alienware and shout out the World Stats team doing great work this year. Very good. Thank you so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. See you. Mark, that you had mentioned previously we had a, a stats team um, caller. For people who don't know, he... Oh, wait. He hasn't left the call yet. Oh, am I lagging? You're lagging. Or I'm lagging. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're back now. I'm back. What's up? For people who don't know... Oh, uh, he... he that, that guy uh, shouting out the world stats team. Might be a self-shout out. Yeah. Hashtag ad. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break to talk about Alienware. Folks, the Black Friday deals are on the horizon, and yet some of them are already uh, here over at Alienware.com slash Travis. You can go check out their exciting deals. Black Friday gaming deals. Hit that view deals button. It'll be right there on that page, and you can already start to look at things like the M18 gaming laptop, which is available, as I say this, for $800 off. Uh, you'll get it by November 27th, depending on where you are at. That thing has a 4090 in it and an i9. you got to go take a look at these deals over at Alienware.com. They've got amazing deals every uh, holiday season like this, and I just don't want you all to miss it because I know a lot of you... Look, a lot of you guys are like, hey, my computer broke out down. I'm going to go get an Alienware. I'm going to tweet at Travis about it. We're going to call it a day. And that sounds great. I love it when you do that. But for some of you, you're thinking, eh, you know, I do want to get something. I want to play some of these new awesome games, maybe Baldur's Gate or something. And uh, or maybe the, the new Cyberpunk uh, as it's been upgraded and fixed and expansioned, et cetera. And you're like, well, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until I get a computer at a good deal. And guess what? That time is now. Black Friday deals live at Alienware.com slash Travis. Go take a look at these things. You can keep looking over the next couple of weeks as we uh, move further into the holiday season. But it's a great time to grab these. And I love it, by the way, whenever you folks uh, tweet at me or let me know on Discord or elsewhere that this is happening uh, when you are picking something up. Please do that uh, if if you feel like it, because it is a great way to let us forward it on. Because I know sometimes maybe you forget to click the link, or which is, by the way, alienware.com slash Travis, or it's not popping up for you or something like that. And uh, and so just whenever you get the stuff, letting me and maybe tagging Alienware in it, letting them know, it's a great way for uh, for them to see that you guys are supporting the show by supporting Alienware. So thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. Be sure to check out their Black Friday deals, their holiday season deals. And, uh, yeah, catch you next time. All right. Mark, you want to grab the next caller while I read out? Oh, he, he already is, it looks like. I'm going to read out some, by the way, some YouTube subs. We had uh, Sir Ashton become a member of the YouTube channel. Doing so, by the way, gets you early access to content. Uh, 15 Diggity, thank you for the $5 Super Chat. Jeremy, thank you for the $10 Super Chat. And then Jeremy with the $2 Super Chat. So thank you. Jeremy says, let's beat Twitch donations. I think it's going to be hard because uh, Twitch has been crushing you guys for a while. But Gandalf, I wasn't muted. I was in the other 
channel talking with the caller who is now joining us. Caller, what's your name and where are you from? Greetings. My name is uh, Barris Aurelius. I'm actually calling from Nashua, New Hampshire. All right. And it's Barris? Yeah. It's, uh, sorry if I'm a little quiet. Barris Aurelius. Barris Aurelius. Barris Aurelius. <laughs> what do you want to talk about on the show? How often do you think of the Roman Empire? <laughs> oh, actually, actually, uh, now that you mention it. No, um, hey, I'm calling just about a little bit of a counterpoint to the last call. Uh, I actually think, kind of similar to last year, that Weibo may actually have a good style of play that counters T1, and they actually are going to win. Okay. I, I, the thing I am most impressed, impressed about is that Cadrill has lost his accent uh, and has adopted an American one uh, for this call, and it's quite. We'll see late how actually. long it lasts. Yeah. Uh, do Do you watch Cadrill? Is Is this Is this a, a independent thought, or has it been incepted by a screaming rat? Um, Cadrill, who? I'm sorry, I'm not sure that is. Hmm. Okay. Sounds like a Cadrill viewer to me. When I see yeah. when I see the Cadrill, the replies to his tweets, they don't seem to be very supportive of him. So it sounds like that. Okay. All right. So Cadrill viewer. Cadre ambassador, why is Weibo going to beat T1? All right, so a couple of things. Number one, one of the biggest reasons I think, and I think a lot of people have pointed to for T1 success, has been the really rapid meta shift in the bot lane, uh, with the ranged AD carries and a lot of the early game focus uh, to get the game going. And I think Weiwei, ironically enough, is the perfect jungler to stop that. Uh, he's been one of the only junglers who's been consistently going down to the bottom lane and ganking early. And that's exactly what you need specifically for like some of these like double Halo blades lanes to put those into the dirt and shut that down. Uh, that's just one point, but all right. Do you have, you have any other quick, you said just one point. Do you want to rapid fire another one? Yeah, I'll try to try to rapid fire. Uh, so additionally, I think the shy, if you look at uh, the champions that he plays uh, in comparison to uh, Zeus, they actually have a pretty similar champ pool, but actually the Shy has, I think, a better lineup of champions he can pull out. Because basically, the only champ that Zeus has really looked great on has been Aatrox, and of course, everyone's good on Rumble, but that's probably going to get banned. So I think the Shy actually has a better champion pool and has just looked phenomenal 1v1. So I think you can actually safely say that the Shy is going to win that 1v1 lane, which puts a lot of pressure on the top side. And I know Faker's been playing great. Uh, he definitely has been. But I think Jahu, you could argue, is one of the best mid laners to ever play the game. And I think he's really going to step up. And I also think that this may be the, the first series we finally see in Worlds where Faker's champ pool really kind of gets broken down. Mark, is Zeus an Aatrox one-trick? He looked sick on Aatrox last night. I will say that. Uh I don't think Zeus is an Aatrox one trick. His Jace <laughs> is really good. His Yone looked pretty good. You already admitted that he can play Rumble as well. And like at that point, you're starting to get a lot of champions up there. I'm sure his Jax is serviceable because everyone's Jax is serviceable. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not really worried about Zeus's champ pool. I do think it's worth noting that like the Shy in form does have a lot of interesting picks. Obviously, the Quinn didn't work out, but the Graves did. Um, he can play Orn in games where it seems like the right pick. You know, he's not afraid to like flex into tanks. He's played Cassante as well. Um, I think the top lane matchup will be one of the most decisive things. If uh, Weibo do upset T1, it'll be partially off the back of the Shy getting better series over Zeus, um, which is is actually I think relatively possible. 
It's like one of the conditions that needs to happen, I think, for them to win. What do you think of, of Barris Aurelius's uh, broader statements here? I mean, we you already said in the last call that you think that T1's favored, but do any of yeah. uh, any of the Weibo pros um, outweigh the cons here? I think the the Xiaohu point was maybe the most cope of all the things to cope. I think the Weiwei <laughs> one's fine. I'll talk about bot lane in a second, but mid lane, dear lord, was that some cope? Xiaohu has a. Uh, been very let's say hit or miss this tournament i don't think he's like terrible or anything but um he has really struggled some games and i think there was a concern about faker's champion pool coming into this tournament i don't have that fear anymore he looks really really good um you know back when he was returning from his time off and he was just playing azir and nico and it was like okay i guess this is all he can do um but i don't i don't really think that's that's the case anymore um and xiaohu regardless of champion pool has looked much worse. Um, I think Xiaohu brings a lot to the table beyond his like individual laning and playmaking as one of the most historic players in the, in, in the world, but like so is Faker. And so like and clearly Faker mind controls his teammates to some degree based off how terrible they were when he wasn't in, you know. So like I think whatever <laughs> Dude, that's the whatever best team- part of the story is just like I this year's gonna feel so good if T1 wins just because of that that hiatus and what it did. Yeah, it's it's one of those times where like what is what is the saying? You, absence makes the uh you don't know what you're missing until it's gone type deal yeah but one of those things but there's like fondness uh, absence makes the fondness the heart grow fonder. absence makes the heart grow fonder yeah exactly so like once you saw what t1 looked like without faker you're like yeah maybe this guy is like really good even if he's not stomping his lane every single time like a chovy or you know zeka or some of those guys when they're popping off you know it's like um, whatever point you say about Xiaohu is like equally reflected in Faker and, and probably even better. Uh, and then individually this tournament, I think Faker is playing better than Xiaohu. So that's that's probably the biggest mismatch on the Rift. I think bot lane is really interesting because we have seen Crisp is willing to throw down with the wacky tabacky bot lane bullshit that's going on right now. He plays a lot of Renata. He'll play Melio. He'll play Ash. He'll play Heimer, Lux. You know, like he is down to do it. I think Carrie is better at that style, as everyone's saying. His Renata is also cracked. But I think, with your point about Weiwei, there are times where Weiwei might be able to get down there and sway these really volatile double marksman, quadra marksman bot lanes that we've been seeing. So um, I think if, if there's a way that they take the series, it's what we said about the top side, the shy kind of just individually having a better performance than, than Zeus, which I think is possible. And I think it's way, way getting down to the bot lane and kind of making these burger flippy, super high prio matchups go one, one one way heavily in their favor a couple times throughout this series. And then Xiaohu is just like hanging on mid and not getting dicked down too bad. All right. I do have one more point if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Um, it's kind of interesting. We saw in the, the T1 series, actually, um, it looked like Owner had a little bit of trouble when he was taking off of Rel. Obviously, his Jarvan is great, um, but pretty much at the tournament it's just been rel and jarvin for him and Weiwei has also been really high on the the rel play i think it might be an advantage actually that that weibo could take if they can get rid of the j4 and pick the rel first or something similar to that it may actually put owner in a kind of a tough spot because other than those two he's only played like sejuani and poppy and and i think maokai so he doesn't really have that large of a pool that we've seen so that, that could be a weakness they could take advantage of as well yeah i think it's just a question of like how you get there because banning rel with all the other things that people like to ban and just higher impact champions and stuff like that makes me wonder if you know they're really going to do that um 
I, I think that's that's just basically my, my biggest question. I mean, maybe maybe you can do it, you know, if you're not on Red Side, you're not banning Rumble or, you know, maybe they have some answer to Rumble that we're not sure uh, of quite yet. But that that's my initial thoughts is like, well, are you going to leave Ori through? Or are you, you know, what about Nico for Faker or this kind of stuff? Like, can you really, is Rail really a higher concern for than Faker's Nico or, you know? Zeus's rumble, these sorts of things. So maybe they can find it an avenue to unlock that ban, but otherwise it feels kind of hard, depending on the side that you're on, to consistently get rid of that that pick. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate the uh, time, guys. And obviously, just shout out to uh, Alienware. They're, they're fantastic. And also, shout out to all the uh, the people who supported you on your trip to uh, Korea. That was that was really awesome to, to see all the content you put out. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm super glad I was able to do that. Um, still, still was a, a bit of a hit, I think, to the, the TGI company. But I think it was super worth it, especially with all the stuff. And there's still a couple more videos to come. So thank you for the call. And we'll catch you next time. Have a good night. All right, uh, take another caller now if anybody is is available. Uh, we got over on YouTube, Robert Bruce, Jamster, Seanatonin, Zach Zozen, and Crayon295, thank you for the Prime, and then Tay just sent 10,000 Korean won, and the Muxable sent three Australian dollars. So thank you. I thank you for the Super Chats. We've had... Uh, I've had three or four different super chats on on YouTube tonight, and that's here. They're trying, they're trying. Hey, Basil is here. Basil, where are you calling from? I'm calling from California. California, it's a very big state, uh, but we'll keep your location secret. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? So my take is, I think Fudge has been receiving a lot of hate from the community, and he doesn't really deserve it. Since they announced they're going to be extending their contract, or at least that's what the rumors are, I've seen a lot of people mad that C9 well, they did extend the contract. To be clear, the the contract database got updated. He he extended. So, but you can continue. I've just seen a lot of tweets that they should have gone with an import. That Fudge is washed. We've seen his best performances in like 2021, and I think it's pretty unfair. He's been a top three player in his position for the past two years he's been great domestically and he's not even horrible internationally and i don't understand where the hate is coming from i think he's been a very consistently good player and the idea of replacing him for just any random import like people were talking about wonder i i just don't understand it and i think that the community is just a little too cold on him I very much agree with you. I don't know why he's getting so much hate. I think maybe it's just people frustrated after Worlds and their their Worlds performance, but like it's actually wild to me because I feel like Fudge has been a consistent performer for C9 over all these years. I think there have been times where he's had off bursts of off time or whatever where he's not been as great. Um, but he's obviously shown a lot of loyalty to the org, and I think it's just... It's it's rare that he's not in the top half or even top three of top laners in the league since he came in. Um, obviously, he was not always a top laner, though. Um, and, yeah, it's just a little little strange. Mark, can you explain why everyone hates Fudge now? Because he opened his mouth. That's why. 
I think like oh wait okay we're supposed to do that thing where like he never says anything interesting in interviews and then keeps his head down yep. and then nobody ever notices yeah yeah yep. yep. I think there's there's two things going on here. I think you're, everything you said so far is right, Travis. I think unfortunately, when you're really good at the game, you go to international competition more often, and you get your ass slapped, and then um, everyone goes, "This guy sucks," and they don't want to watch you go get your ass slapped again. And they like there's always like the grass is greener kind of effect, and so I think um, Fudge has gone to most international tournaments. Over the last three years, he's gone to what two S two MSIs, three Worlds, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. You know, he's gone to like five ish international events. Um, and like, I love Fudge, but he clearly struggles into the best top laners in the world. Like every single North American top laner has basically always done. Like, other than Impact, sometimes playing weak side and going okay into them, or like having his moments. Like, I think Impact, you could argue, is probably the best international performing top laner of all time in, in, in NA. Um, which is, is fair. Uh, but like, I, I don't really think there's that many other top laners in NA who have historically gone to consistently to international performances and haven't gotten taken advantage of. Like, uh, I, I really don't think that there's that many people are, are the, even the names that people are, are listing are like not really true. Like licorice, no offense. I love licorice. This past MSI was good, but during that world's run, he was kind of on like weak side and just like kind of getting torn apart by Keen and Whippo during some of that. He had some really good group stage games, but like if you just want to point out individual times that players have had good times, like that you can do that with Fudge too. During that first MSI he went to, like, yeah, he had great games on, I think it was Lee Sin and Akali or whatever it was, you know, like um, Balls had a good performance during that one time on a, a Darius decade or ago. whatever. Yeah, like a decade ago, you know, I'm like, these are these are not counterpoints to exactly this is just like proving my point. It's like, yeah, guys go out there and they like have a couple games that you remember as being good. And then you like they get fucking slammed like Dyrus was the same way. Um, you know, like there, there's 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 no one who has gone consistently and like done really good. Um, and, and that's my point. I think the more you go, oftentimes fans will turn against you. And I think the reason that happened with Fudge more than some of these other guys is that of all those people I just listed, Fudge is easily the most talkative, we'll say. You I can say see... he has an ego, you, you can say he's arrogant, but like he definitely opens his mouth and talks some shit. Um, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I do too. And I thank God he's in the league because in a league of players who are quiet and like to stand under the radar and not say much, like at least we have a guy who's down to fucking do content talk and and be a compelling person for the league. Um, and by the way, not... And is not bad as a player in the process. Um, I, I don't know. It's been really disappointing. I think I thought for sure C nine fans would be excited about it, but I don't know. They're in some weird, weird mode right now. I saw somebody in Twitch chat call it the double lift effect, and I think it's kind of a fair one, right? Where everything Mark was just saying, similar thing, right? Like double lift, one of the best players the league has ever seen and consistently went to international events and then would just get thrashed with his entire team and the people would be like, Double Lift actually sucks. Um, Big Mouth says all this stuff and then just ends up with a lot of haters. And uh, haters make them famous, I guess. But also, it's unfortunate now to see, I think, a player who should be celebrated for sticking with C9 and for continuing to be there in a league where everybody likes to swap and rotate chairs all the time. People just being an asshole about him. So... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I I fully understand why someone might not like Fudge. To be clear, like I think 
He has shit talked um, other pro players. You know, usually, usually I will say in good spirits. Um, and he's like just sharing honest opinions about like, oh, this guy's not good or that guy's not good. I know sometimes fans feel like he has shit talked them, which like. Yeah, I, mean, I see that. True. And I'm like, I, the only thing I can remember is he said like, fuck you to the haters or the people that didn't believe him. Like, I don't. Am I forgetting something where he's just been like, LCS fans suck or something? Like, I I feel like he's usually uh, been more frustrated at haters. Yeah, I, I feel like that's true. And then he also has, like, sometimes people didn't like his practice habits, you know, where they're like, oh, he's lazy or whatever. Uh, or he's like, oh, yeah, I've, I've picked up other hobbies outside of League of Legends to help balance out my life more. And, you know, people take those. How? Sometimes. You know like, Actually, I take it back. Fuck that guy. I can't believe somebody would try to to do something like that, you know? Like, hey, if you were going to be somebody who I tune in to watch for free every week, running ad block on Twitch, uh, and then I go on Reddit and flame you, you better not fucking do anything else with your life other than play League of Legends for my pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I get why there's plenty of reasons to not like him. If like any of those things had rubbed you the wrong way. And I can also see why you might not be thrilled because you've seen him enough times international now that like you already think that C9 is going back to international and grass is greener. If they got this other guy, surely it would work out. And I just don't think that's really true. And I think he is a great player. Um, He has basically, like you said, always been top three. Some people were asking, was he top three this year? And I think for summer, yes. For spring, or excuse me, other way around. For spring, yes. For summer, not quite. But like even that was like debatable. It wasn't like he was not good. It was like, oh, licorice is suddenly really good, you know, and like impact's still fine. And like, I guess him. Uh, who else am I forgetting? There's some other uh, top players who, who stepped up, but I can't remember right now. Um, but yeah, anyways, it was. Oh, uh, summit. Oh yeah, summit. Rich. Yeah, revenge was slightly better. You know, like a bunch of top laners, I think stepped up, and he like was not clapping as hard and so it became debatable you know but it wasn't like he was ever like terrible or anything like that um yeah so that, people are, are listing a lot of good options but you know like he was he was always hang, holding his own for the most part so uh anyways point being i agree with travis he's a good player one of the best tops domestically struggles a little bit internationally like almost every top has and uh he is an entertainer and i, I fans don't are want lucky to, to have this guy yeah I, I agree. I, I, I'm sad that whenever I open a thread that's talking about Fudge, you're just like, fuck, we got Fudge again. This guy sucks ass and he's going to win two more interna- or domestic titles and go to international and like, yeah, then lose. Like, NA hasn't always fucking. <laughs> Anyways. Thanks so much, Basil, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, shout out Alienware. And uh, shout out to YouTube for having me on. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much for the call we'll catch you next time all right off mark goes to get the next caller thank you to no one because no one has subbed which means it's a great time for me to plug my link tree i have a support link tree it's a link tr.ee slash tgi support it's the tgi support profile and link tree i'll drop it in a twitch chat and youtube and then i think we have it updated now, so that it's on the YouTube description of uh, of this as well. And that link tree, I made it 
I think maybe a couple weeks ago or so, right before I went to Worlds, it's got a bunch of different ways to support TGI and our content. Um, and so, but I I don't think it it's it got too many clicks while I was doing the Worlds coverage, which is completely cool. But uh, I do want to shout out two folks who grabbed stuff off of the Amazon wish list for me. That was a nice little gift. So thank you to those folks. Where's your OnlyFans? I uh, well, Mark, you and I talked about creating some sort of subscription service together, and why haven't we done that yet, Mark? I don't know. I'm telling you, this is a great idea. If we actually made an OnlyFans, but put League of Legends podcasts and normal content. Well, on there. one, I've already said we would do Fansly because I have a, a pretty good connection with somebody over there who who does stuff, and so I feel like we get a better rate there. Yeah, Fair enough. Exactly. Uh, and I think Fansly also like it could fly under the radar a little easier. So. That's called Patreon, Mark. Yeah, except Patreon's for fucking losers. Oh, well, I actually called, did have a conversation with guys. Patreon about a month ago, Mark. But uh, hopefully, they don't catch this part. <laughs> uh, scrub this from the book. They seemed. I want to be clear. Uh, they seemed really supportive, and like they were going to do a lot to help us launch something. And then I told you about that, and then we've had to delay that a little bit. But. Um, huh. But yeah, Anyways. somebody got me a pack of pens, which was really cool from uh, my Amazon wish list, and somebody got me a deck box, so that was pretty swell. Thank you. Thank I you gotta say, much. I don't know. Whatever. Never How mind. do I get the Mark? Can I ask? A, I don't huh. ask you. Here's a question: How do I get the pay pigs? Um. I don't know. You I heard about do this recently. Research on on how Findom works. I heard about this recently, and if I could get in on this, I feel like it's pretty good. I don't know how we can, like, esports had, esports has had so many eras, right? Like, I was talking to somebody about this recently. It's like originally we had like the gray key market with like the uh, G two A's and Kingwin or whatever. You know, like those those weird. Markets where you could get like CD keys, yeah, secondhand, secondhand resellers, or yeah, whatever. yeah. And then we had VC money, and then we had crypto, oh, crypto money, and then we had gambling money. And now I feel like we're entering like the uh, the Saudi prince money, yeah, type. I think the next thing is the FinDom, uh, FinDom era. That's when esports just dominates yeah. the. Uh, people in the audience and get some uh you, you can just ask like cadrill and other streamers you know like when they have the people who are wailing out in their chat like yeah. do they consider that a form of findom hey we got a caller here caller where are you calling from um wisconsin and what's your name uh suda suda Fox. yeah what, what do you want to talk about on the show uh, I just wanted to say that FlyQuest nuking their roster is going to kill any momentum they had for building a fan base for 2024. And I see that you're a sub in the chat. How do you yeah. feel about subbing to us? Does that make you feel a bit dominant? Anyway, okay, so FlyQuest <laughs> and their roster. <laughs> uh, they, You said that it's going to lose a lot of their fandom from this year. Why don't you go ahead and elaborate? I'm sorry. <laughs> you're good. You're good. You're good. You, you let broken. it out. Yeah. I'm just I don't think guy. Travis is funny. Dude, I was just the guy in the corner. Just what the fuck? <laughs> you're good. You're good. What okay. uh, What do you think? Why do you say this about the FlyQuest roster? Um, 
basically the whole thing is that roster consistency is a really big thing for building a fan base. Just looking at, you know, CLG into energy and how much of a fan base they're accrued by keeping together such a consistent roster. Even Team Liquid with their TLCK, they only swapped out one player throughout the entire split and they still managed to build a or keep a pretty sizable fan base by building around their new um, player APA. And now FlyQuest is taking all of their momentum they had with their, you know, massive budget, big ball in Prince, Vikla imports, let's go run the LCS. And now they're just going, not necessarily budget, but they're going with a, um, I know Masa was a really good Academy AD carry, but now they're going with an Academy AD carry. They don't have a support yet, but they dropped a superstar in support. And now they have... Whippo and Inspired, who both haven't been in the league for two years, and I don't even think Inspired is even making content on the side. I mean, like... yeah, I wouldn't single out Inspired. That's the uh, that's sort of the current LCS player meta. Um, so, hey, hey, Whippo, Whippo was out there hustling. He was showing up on the LCS. Yeah, that's why I didn't... he was he was casting. Yeah, okay, okay. He was no, he that's was a good streaming. Point. That's a good point. Um. So what what would you have liked to have seen them do? I mean, at least keep someone, right? Anyone? They don't even have their same coach, right? No, I don't. I don't think they. Well, I think they've retained some of the coaching staff. I don't know how much they are retaining. Um. So I'm very split on this because on one hand, at the beginning of the stream, I did a pretty big rant on the boomerang stuff and like. Boy, oh boy, is FlyQuest a pretty great example of that. Of this all year. the boomerangs to boomerang this year, they boomerang yeah, the most. Yeah, well, I mean, we haven't seen all of TL's boomerangs yet, so we'll see. Maybe there'll be harder boomeranging going on over there. But um, I, I, I do feel like this is a pretty good example of that problem with the league. On the other hand, the team dramatically underperformed. They threw out their GM, who'd been there for a long time. They brought in a guy whose sort of MO is uh, young talent, North American players, et cetera, et cetera. And I am hopeful for FlyQuest because I think what Andrew Barton was able to do over at EG with building that roster over the years is a pretty good sign for FlyQuest, assuming that they keep them around for a couple of years. Like, quite frankly, I am, I'm hopeful for, for this in a way that like people, even though they are bringing in quote unquote import talent, like these players are players that have continued their careers in the LCS. And at times, even when they were, even when they weren't in the LCS, right? Like Whippo stuck around in North America I, I inspired, I know wasn't doing content or whatever, but did not go to an LEC team is continuing to stay in the LCS. Um, and so I think like this is obviously we have Masu coming in supposedly. I think that this is a, a roster that even if I'm frustrated with what's happening now, I think does have the potential to be a, a longer term bet for fandom in the league and the way that like perhaps the previous one didn't. What do you think of that suit of Fox? Because I'm curious. I, I'm just uh, like, what are you going to build a fandom around though? Because you have two superstars, so you can't say that you're going to be, you know, a fully 
rookie team or a full young team or a full NA team like NRG had that uh um monocle not monocle that uh whatever the word would be sure. for that the and title and moniker had, yeah 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 and then you had TLCK which is like hey we're a bunch of Koreans not necessarily they're a bunch but of I Koreans, don't feel but. like the TLCK thing actually built that much fandom like I don't know maybe I'm biased because I was I was for, sort of frustrated with that mantra in the first place but like I think fans, by and large, were kind of frustrated with that. And I don't think that you need like a a theme to your team in order to build fandom. I think what you can do is you can be like, hey, like here, here, if I'm FlyQuest, here's what I'm fucking saying. Hey, guys, in a year where a lot of the other teams are leaving the league or are cutting a lot of their spending, what we're excited about doing is continuing to drive towards uh, winning and we think that we're building a roster for the long term. We are committed to these players. We can't promise that we won't make a change here or there, but we don't anticipate unless things go horribly wrong for some reason or something happens outside of our control, changing all five of these players year over year. And we think we know that there are a lot of fans that are looking for a place to go, as you've seen teams like TSM leave, CLG leave, and and rosters that just feel like they're here to flip and we think that today is the first day that we're going to be taking a step forward on f- building uh, a brand and a roster and everything for the long term, and we think you can you can believe in us. Like I think that is enough to say uh, for FlyQuest going into next year. Um, and you're right that they like blew up the fandom, but in a world where every team is kind of blowing up their fandom potential every year, one it's like bad for the team the league long term. But from just looking at it from a team perspective, hey, that's you, you have as but as be, good of a case as any team to 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 make and try to capture fans this year. You know, Travis, the flip flopper Gaffridge strikes again. This guy's why am I flip flopping? Explain this to me. Mark. All right, you're throwing shade about boomerangs. You're talking about how oh we need to have teams stick together. You know we can't have this like turnover. It's it's so hard to build fandom when people are you know having new players to root for every single year and now you're like FlyQuest can say that they're building fandom because they're investing in the league and all this jibber jabber don't you feel like investing in Whippo and Inspired is different than investing in Vicla and Prince no how long till Whippo goes back to LEC or content I don't know he sat around here for an entire year doing nothing yeah he because he, he loves the LA lifestyle <laughs> That's oh why. boy, he that's loves, where we're he at. loves the Hollywood parties. The, uh, hey, folks, pull out your bingo card. If you're the LA lifestyle for this offseason uh, hotline <laughs> league, then then you get to you get to put your marker there. There's just uh, one more thing. Yeah, looking historically at FlyQuest. Yeah, looking historically at FlyQuest, I don't think they've ever actually kept a single player past one year in the history of their rosters. I mean, I think maybe Jose Diodo and Afrimu was, and that's it. Every single year that they've nuked it. I mean, it. What I mean, it continues to yeah, very much demonstrates my point. Like, and it, how many people are actual fly? So then, why are you down for this, Travis? This like since if, this if year when they brought in Prince. If if, if, if if Travis's platform is teams need to stick together longer, how can you excuse FlyQuest and let them off the hook? Because sir? I think how could you? I think that what I see. Okay, here's why. Because their answer to uh, losing Vikla and Prince wasn't like, oh, let's go bring uh, a player from Weibo Gaming or a T1 player, whoever wins this year, uh, and then let's go bring like another player from, like, 
the I don't think that Whippo and Inspired represent sort of the one year flip in the same way that other other teams are. Like I am not. Here's the thing: I'm not against importing players. I'm against the boomerang uh, that occurs so frequently. Yes, losing Prince and Vikla is a quote unquote boomerang, but they're keeping two players who have in one way or another stayed within the LCS ecosystem from another region. Like that is something I'm in favor for. Like, I think that's great that like Whippo and Inspire will be playing for an LCS team next year rather than going and playing for Excel. But they did just boomerang and they, these guys might boomerang again next year, especially after the caller just highlighted. Yeah. And I'll be fucking frustrated if Whippo and Inspired are on in Excel next year. How many times are you going to let them off the hook? Mark, I don't what, I do, do, you th- do you think I have been letting teams off the hook for the past two years? You're letting FlyQuest do it right Everyone now. is fucking You're... tired of me doing the boomerang of a thing, right? Like, I feel like people are frustrated with me for saying this so often. Of anyone to boomerang this offseason so far, the FlyQuest is the biggest of boomerangers. They are the biggest they, of boomerangers. They are, they are boomeranging the after getting last place uh, or close to it, and they are boomeranging... Uh, and they are replacing the boomerangs with uh, anti-boomerangs. What's the opposite of a boomerang? Bro, you can't call these guys the opposite of a boomerang. They both played one year in the league and then left. Well, I mean, they, didn't, they, they did not leave. Yeah, but but teams didn't believe in them, which is the same point that we've said about other boomerangs, where it's maybe not the player's just decision look at or chat. whatever. And they're all spamming <laughs> rocks, <laughs> anchors, frisbee, dart, guns. <laughs> it's a frisbee. You here's what it was. You you threw a frisbee for a dog to retrieve, and it just sat on the ground for a year, and finally the dog. I don't, I don't want it. No one is a dog. Okay, we're not gonna. Want to be clear that no one. We're not saying anyone is any kind of. I'm saying Some the DMs are dogs. Form of life. Um, <laughs> so. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that this, like, the argument about what makes a boomerang versus not a boomerang. You said it wasn't always the pro players, and both these guys played in the league for a year, and then, for whatever circumstances, were then out of the league for a year. Yeah, but the players themselves the stuck year. around. They're, they're the t- yeah, but I'm I'm saying like. Based off your own definition from earlier in the night, we agree that boomeranging doesn't always mean it's. The I agree. Ball. I that's why I say I'm torn on this. I think that's what I said at the start of the call. Don't like Vikla Prince leaving, resetting roster, all that stuff. I can understand why fans would be frustrated. That is an example of a bad thing. They are now doing an example of a good thing, which is retaining talent that has come to North America, and putting them on a roster. And so I can give the, I can both be frustrated that like they are perpetuating the system uh, by that I think is flawed by you know doing the roster turnover thing and having these players presumably leave the league, while also being happy that at least they are not they are are not doing the same thing that I see a lot of other leagues teams do in the league by perpetu- causing problems that will continue to roll forward. Um. Papa Smithy in chat says, if we don't retain three out of five players in 2025, it's a failure. Book it. Yeah, for 2025. Um, yeah. Yeah, for 2025. So I assuming mean, that this roster works out. FlyQuest hasn't retained more than one player over the past six-year history in the league. Well, I don't know how many people are even left from those previous years. So, I I mean, you are... Ignore just went to LEC. What? 
Ignor was on FlyQuest? No, no, no. I, was I think Travis meant staff. The staff. Like oh, it, okay. FlyQuest is essentially a new organization at this point in time. Um, um, here, here's my real thoughts Ship on the move. I actually, I'm, I'm super down. I was mostly just fucking with Travis the whole time. Um, I think that the 2023 roster, for whatever reason, just didn't fucking work at all. Um, and I'm fine with them not wanting to sign up for another year of that because that is terrifying after you underperform that hard in summer to just like, I don't know, try and run that back. So I'm actually super down in that circumstance to like from purely a roster construction perspective. I'm like, well, that was a disaster. Let's get let's like wipe the slate clean and start over again here. Um, and I think Whippo and Inspired are interesting, especially if Inspired is getting his green card. I think it was Inspired, right? That was reported. Yes. Someone, yeah. So like if, if Inspired gets his green card... And then you grab an import mid, probably Travis. I mean, that's annoying. Like, what's what about Vethio? Vethio? What's he up to? Did he just get replaced? Yeah, Vethio. Didn't he just get replaced? What's he up to? I like that guy. Um, I don't know. There's some options there. Uh, who knows what they end up doing? But uh, Masu, I think, is a good talent. I'm really excited to see him in the league. I, I actually am excited to see Buipo and Inspired back. As much as I was just like memeing that shit. Um, but. You know, I think that they are potentially some interesting options for the mid lane position if they end up getting that. I know it will be scary for the Travises of the world that you are bringing in another import mid laner into a team full of imports. It's probably a high paying roster relatively, you know, in an ecosystem that has salaries decreasing, you know, and it makes it hard to. It has a high barrier it has to clear to make it worth it, I guess is what I'd say. I think that is very fair uh i yeah i am worried obviously about the the mid lane stuff but hopefully hopefully they have had the discussions and they're bringing a player who's like very interested in continuing their career in north america um yeah i don't know we'll see mark i here actually here's the best way of putting this uh I think when we talked about, like, I guess the mid lane import is the only thing that breaks sort of the theoretical thing that Mark and I have talked about before, where was it us or was it a caller that had the theory of like the player owns the import slot? Uh, a caller brought that one up first, I think. And then we both yeah. were like, that's great. Yes. I think that this is a pretty good example of where that could work a little bit, where like, Hey, yeah, these two players are have already been in the league. It's not like two or three new players that are coming over or something. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, hey, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh yeah. Um, two things. First, uh, have a safe flight, Travis. I know to Korea is always a long one. Yeah. And uh shout out all the delivery and uh mail carriers, etc., who are going to be working this holiday season. Stay safe and I know it's gonna be hard and difficult. And uh you guys got this. Uh, as a mail carrier myself, I know it's going to be rough, and we'll get through it. Yeah, that's a very nice and generous shout out. Thank you. Uh, to yeah. To do oh, that. and then my girlfriend, she'll kill me if I don't do it this time. Nice. <laughs> and yeah, thank you for the uh, saved. Thank you for the the shout out on the flight because I just it is it is rough to be doing to Korea back from Korea to Korea back from Korea, but that's just sort of. The way yeah, it's will get the right full NA Pro experience, right? Yeah. Anyone who has to fly and has disposable income, I cannot recommend a Steam Deck enough. This has revolutionized my oh. flights. Yeah, I was thinking about grabbing one of those since they announced the new one. Unfortunately, I won't get it in time, but um, I was thinking about getting an old one. You can one. borrow mine, maybe if you want. Probably not going to need it. I don't think I'll have enough time 
to get it from you okay and set it up and everything because i literally yeah you have to download all your games and shit on there yeah Yeah, it's it's other things i need to pack and do tonight so um anyway thanks so much for the call and we'll catch you next time thank you have a good night thank you and shout out travis gafford only fans thank you thank you (laughs) yeah i mean i will bring my alienware x14 with me and so that'll be good um but i'm I'm curious about that which is a non-competing category to my understanding okay uh thank you to uh the muxable oh i already got you basil leaf is this the basil leaf i think it is if it is then uh Thank you. And if not, then also still thank you. Um, also, shout out to Subbies and Evan P, both for the $5 Super Chats. Very generous of both of you. YouTube, YouTube started su- to come through. We're up to $36.46. When they super chat. When they YouTube. super chat. What? What happens? Like, is it a message that they highlight? And you're, you're supposed yeah, to read so the Yeah, so they, they highlight a message. It has like a special border around it. And then it shows up. On here, yeah, and it's just I've a straight it, dollar. Are they oh, okay? So they're not saying anything in the super chat, like no, they are. So Evan P, for instance, says play rock paper scissors with Mark right now, and then and then uh, and then earlier when Muxables sent the three year Australian, I, they said I wish my Australian money was more, worth more. Tee hee, huh? You don't you don't read them out, Travis. No wonder your YouTube people feel shafted. 50, well, we're doing the show. I think people would feel shafted. I mean, Twitch people also send messages with their subs and stuff. I don't know if you've not noticed that in the many years that you've been here. No, I don't pay attention to anything. 15 Diggity says, Mark talks about shows, movies, and books a lot, but I've noticed he has good taste in music as well. What are his thoughts on the band Sleep Token? Never heard of him. I actually don't listen to that much music. We got a caller here. Caller, where are you calling from? And what's your name? Uh, my name is Farmer Ginger. I'm calling from Calgary, Alberta, Canada again. Yeah, welcome back to the show. What do you want to talk about um, this time? Um, today I wanted to talk about it was something it was I thought I had when someone on the broadcast, I can't remember if it was someone on the desk or one of the casters said something about the recent SKT JDG game, um, saying that the world's patch is lined up perfectly for Faker. And my take is that we should remove this world's patch that we've been doing for however many years and reduce the number of patches. We currently have 24 down to something like two per split, um, which allows a little bit more consistency. So you're actually getting the best teams across the course of the year at Worlds rather than the best team on that patch winning at the event. So you're saying no more world's patch? Just get rid of it. Wouldn't we just get the best team for the previous patch winning that event? Well, if you change the patches between like twice during a split, then you get you get the consistently best teams across the whole split from each region at Worlds, and then you get the best teams that were consistent over the course of that year on those patches at worlds but you you're more likely to get what i'm th- saying is i think you're more less likely to get the stomps in some games that we've seen this world's happening as often yeah i guess it goes into the the question which i think a lot of people try to kind of avoid which is like is this team better or are they just better on this patch yeah and how much of a patch determines like because theoretically we love this idea of divorcing the patch and the game from the the team. And it's just like we hold them up and they're like, these are the best players in the world. 
in 2023. Hooray! Like, they're world champions. And I think we don't spend a lot of time, perhaps purposely, because we don't like to think about it too much, being like, this is the best team in the world on this patch (laughs) in 2023. (laughs) Hooray! They're the champions of this patch this year. Um, And I don't know. I'm kind of curious what you think of that, Mark. Like, how much does a patch lead into this? Because, I mean, Faker's made it consistently to finals um, so much over these years. Uh, and we've had a lot of different patches, so I feel like it's not the biggest determining factor by any means. Uh, well, I have a lot of thoughts on this. My first thought is that it is sometimes cool to see a patch get solved more going forward. Like, I think this world was really interesting through plans and group stage where you had like this one meta with Kaisa Zaya and engage supports. And then you go to a knockout stage and everyone's like, all Pio bot lanes, babies, enchanters, and poke mages, and double marksman bot lanes, and all this stuff that was like the meta in spring. So I think it is sometimes cool to see a patch evolve, even without patch changes coming through. Um, and I think that that can be really cool. I think that doesn't always happen. And sometimes teams' initial read of the patch is also right. <laughs> and um, sometimes you end up playing the same things for the entire tournament or similar enough things for the entire tournament. Maybe there's like little wrinkles that get worked in, but more or less you're, you're doing the same things. Um, so like it's, it's a pretty big gamble to then block off an entire year into one patch and hope that like, you know, teams are going to keep finding new things. I know people reference melee or these other things where yes, things evolve over time, but they evolve over time on a really big scale where you have, yeah, no patches in melee for 20 years, but like, Guess what? Spacey's and Marth have been the fucking best for 20 years. And like you're debating if it's a 55, 45 matchup or 50, 50 or 64, you know, like the, the, the scheme of things is, is pretty different. Like, oh, well, Sheik is like good, but is it like top eight good or like top four good? You know, like how good is Sheik? How good is Fa- like it's not particularly interesting, to be honest, and especially not interesting in a game with 150 champions. You know, like I think that you will have largely similar ish champions being played and like. There are plenty of games that survive without major patches and or like changes and whatnot. Like, so I don't think it's inherently needed or bad, but I do think what makes it extra weird in the context of League of Legends is that the game is changing. Regardless of if you freeze this patch for competitive play, there is an actual live game that is getting patched. And the players then are now practicing on this live patch four months into the future for solo queue that they are not playing for their competitive games. And that fucking sucks as a pro player to have to play on two different versions of the game. And the longer you freeze a competitive patch, the further and further away you get for solo queue. And it becomes worse and worse and worse as, as the patch quality degree. No, oh, did we lose Mark? It's like you're worried about competition being fair and stuff like that. This is, this is less fair, if anything. Um, because you, you've isolated and, and kept it from a position where they can actually practice. I see I've frozen. I'm back. Yeah, I think you're good now. Oh, I'm back. Um, uh, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, think, no, I think you had a bit me. of a hiccup, and then I think we're good. All so. right. The final, because I've been ranting a lot, or rambling a lot. The final thing I'll say is that the team that's best on a patch, um, which is what you guys are saying, is is you know the concern. It absolutely is true. Like I, I, I do think there's truth that like a team is the best on this patch. Um, and it can be a little weird when the world's patch is different from the qualifying patch and a team like DRX is like the best in the world all of a sudden and stuff like that. But at the same time, like you're already isolating it to a patch anyways. Like regardless of when you freeze the patch, it's going to favor some teams or not. Like I think 
JDG was a team that was very happy with Kaisa Zaya and Engage support kind of thing. And T1's a team that's very happy with uh, double range and carry being able to flex his insane champion pool. And like, regardless of when you freeze a patch, it's always going to favor some players over other players. You know, so like, I don't, I, I already acknowledge the fact that like the, the people who win worlds on that patch are the people who are the best at that patch. Like, yeah, absolutely. Of course, that's what, that's, that's going to be true no matter when you freeze the patch. Um, the only difference is, again, the qualification happening on one patch versus the other can be a little awkward, but I mean, like, whatever. I don't care. That's the fun of competition is things change, you know? Yep. No, I think it's, uh, it's well said. Do you, do you, and it sounds like you're against the caller's position of suggesting, of, of having a, an earlier patch type deal. Yeah, I think the 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 reason I'm against it is of all those things I listed, it's strictly the live game evolving way past the frozen patch. Yeah, I think in all those other examples, you know, it's like I, I, Overwatch is maybe one where they they tried this, and I don't know if people found that particularly enjoyable to have a live game very different from the stage game. Sure. Sometimes Can I ask you, Mark? they were running that even on a patch that didn't exist or a game that didn't exist in Overwatch. Based, from what I understand. <laughs> Sorry, caller, you were saying. No, it's okay. I was just um, going to ask Mark. I know, I'm, I'm sure I've heard people come on here in the past and say that the oh. patches and the balance of the game is directed mainly at pro-level play, right? So if that's the case, when it comes to patches and balance and, and all this kind of stuff, why is it that they're playing, practicing on a live game that is four months in the future? If it's solely, fo if it's so much focused around pro-play, why do we still have this disconnect between the live game and the esports season almost? Uh, I have two thoughts there. First, the game isn't like solely focused around pro play. You know, there's plenty of bronze changes and they, they have like, if you ever read the patch notes closely, they have like those like bars that, that based off the color say like what part of play this change is targeting. Um, and it's mostly around worlds where they really hone in on pro play. Over the course of the year, it'll be a little bit more spread out. But I actually agree with the premise that you're saying. Like, I do think that the, for the most, I know, I know the balancing gets a lot of shit, but I think for the most part, the balance team is pretty responsible with the changes. And that like live patch isn't usually such an abomination compared to like a patch two weeks later, which is the current cadence that we're on, right? We follow the, the live patch by two weeks in order for hot fixes to come through and bug fixes and these little things. Um, but I, I really don't think that there's really that many cases where it's like, oh, God, thank thank God we gave him the two weeks to iron that out. And if, if when that does happen, it's almost always release champions, which are not even the balance team's problem, right? That is the design team making that champion and putting it out. The balance team will give feedback prior to release, but then, you know, like, there's a whole handoff there that goes on with Riot and how that works. So, like, um, yeah, outside new champion releases, I think usually the game is, is pretty safe to play it. Like, I don't think you need that disconnect, honestly. What do you think, Caller? Um, I was honestly, I was just trying to get Mark's opinion on that because I don't really understand that side of things. But I, I do know that they're like right now, especially in live game, there is obviously a disconnect. Um, but yeah, I guess my my last point on this that I'd kind of want to speak about is, do you think? Do you ever think there's going to be a way that we can reduce the number of patches down from 24 a year so that there is more consistently over the consistency over the course of a season where the meta changes, of course, like you're you're talking about, it's always the meta is always going to change when there's 
um, even at Worlds, for example, and I know people in the Twitch chat have been saying that, do you think they'll be able to reduce the number of patches so that change isn't as drastic over the course of a season so that there maybe is more consistency of the best teams being at the tournament over the course of the year? Uh, no, I don't. Well, so like on the one hand, I don't know if you need two week patches. That feels pretty aggressive. Um, and I, you know, I'm sure they have some analytics about how player retention on the live servers changes across when patches hit. Um, but two weeks might be too aggressive. And I think maybe if you pulled it back to a month, especially with the reduced champion releases that exist now versus when the two week patch cadence was set up, um, you know, I think you can make a case that they overpatch the game and you could slow it down to once a month. That said, the biggest disruptance, the biggest disturbance, excuse me, that happen in professional play happen around end of season and mid season when they do big scope changes. And it's not the two week patches that are radically changing the meta. Sometimes that happens, you know, where like this S tier pick gets gutted because we're sick of seeing Yumi or Zeri gets like cur- like crushed, whatever. But usually the biggest changes are happening at this time period where there's supposed to be turnover in the league anyways. And like they, they try and sync it up with the professional season when they do big changes. And those are the ones that really change the meta. Um, so, yeah, I I am pretty whatever on it. Uh, Hit streak in chat says, you don't want a slow patch getting, so that leaves a lot of time where you could get stuck on a bad patch. Yeah, I think... Uh, Does that give you more opportunity to improve as a team, though, if you get stuck on a bad patch? Rather well, than I, just I, thinking about, oh, well, in I four think Hit Streak's talking about the player base getting stuck on a bad Yeah, I, I think he was talking okay. more about live live numbers. I think that's potentially true, but I also think that maybe it gives you more time to set up that initial patch. Like, if you're not on a two-week turnaround cadence and you have, a, you know, a month to test the patch before it goes out, maybe that makes you able to better evaluate the changes in the first place. Like, it, I admit I'm out of my depth here. I don't do balance, but, you know, like... um. Who knows, you know. All right. Hey, thanks so much, caller, for calling in. Anything you want to shout out before we say goodbye? Yeah, sure. Shout out to Alienware for supporting you, Travis. Hopefully we'll get some more sponsors soon enough. And then shout out um, to my uh, friends here that are tuned in for the show, Kind Dave, and the guys back home in Scotland as well. And uh, have a good weekend, everyone. Yeah, very good. Have a good one. Thank you. Cheerio. Cheerio, indeed. thanks everyone for showing up for this stream um i know it was last minute at a weird time and on a different day uh, but we still had a lot of folks call in um trying to think if there's anything roster rumor wise i can speak about i've had a lot of people asking me about double lift i've not talked to peter at all during this offseason i have i don't anticipate he will be playing next year um maybe somebody will pick him up but i think the big challenge the reason why I don't think he will be playing is because I think previously there was a pretty big gap between what he could make streaming and doing all and and participating as a content creator and being an LCS pro. This year I think there's a gigantic fucking gap, um, and I think it's going to be harder to justify that for him. Uh, that would be my guess. So. And I again, like he's an example of I think probably several different players. I mean, obviously he's in a unique position of being able to make a lot of money during the content creation route, but I do think there will be other players who likely bow out of the league or take different roles or whatever. Because as much as people want to pretend that oh, you know, I work as just as hard as these pro players do, um, 
it's a lot of fucking work and you give up a lot of things in your personal life to make it work. And there are, you know, if you're making 75 grand and living in LA, it might sound like a lot to some people. It's not maybe a lot to others who are living in LA and working 60 hour weeks or something like that every week and giving up a lot of personal life and all that stuff. So I, uh, I, I don't know. Again, I haven't heard that he's for sure out or anything like that. It's just people keep asking me, so I I will address that. Um, yeah, I, don't, I haven't heard anything about Spica. Uh, so, uh, Mark. Yes, sir. What do you want to shout out plug here at the end of the show? Um, Nothing. Nothing's going on in life. It's just happening. It's just flowing around me because I do... Nothing. I feel that way sometimes. You know, I think we all do. But, you know, maybe maybe things will change for you. You got any yeah, holiday plans for Thanksgiving? You guys, you traveling anywhere? Yeah, I'm going back home for a couple of days over Thanksgiving. And then uh, probably going to do a small Christmas trip up for Ashley's family. So, the weird thing is that... Next Monday, not this Monday, but next Monday, during regular Hotline League time, I will be on panels discussing Sunlit Man and Realmatic Theory. So, But that is also, uh, unfortunately, free agency day. So what I might beg Mark to do is do that show earlier in the day. Um, I will be in a hotel room. Are you okay? What is that little expression? No. That was just like earlier in the day. Well, Ugh. I mean, I think free agency, I need to figure out what time it begins. It's normally in the afternoon. Um, but I think going live around that time might work. And then if I could get out in time for, I think it's, it'll be six o'clock Pacific time that I need to be done. I need to be on the panel. So yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, that's where I'm at. I will be to wind down the show. I'm flying tomorrow to Korea. A lot of people are like, oh, Travis, didn't you just get back from Korea? Yes, I just got back from Korea. If you're, you missed the beginning of the show, I'm going back for finals um, and for World's Media Day where they do a bunch of cool stuff, uh, do some press conferences and all that. So that'll be there. Um, I think Needham and Nas no longer do interviews with me, so unfortunately I won't have one of those. I think, I think they're in full Travis Gafford dodge mode right now. Um, but should be pretty fun. Uh, I have a sponsor who is sending me over there for an event that's the day before finals. My coverage will not be sponsored by them. So, uh, you know, I'll still be shilling my link tree, I guess, if uh, if anybody wants to promote or sp- uh, support that as they look at any of that coverage during that time. But, yeah, other than that, that's the show. Uh, I feel like normally we have some bigger thing here at the end to talk about, but you don't really have anything to talk oh, about. Oh, what about um, when is episode three hundred? I think this is episode two ninety eight. If I if I recall correctly, let me take a look. I stopped shouting it out in the beginning of the show, but the thumbnails. The only reason I know is because our thumbnail person, uh, Jordan, she continues to well thumbnail the number. Then there you go. That's something to shout out. I think we'll have a very fun three hundredth episode planned. Maybe not. We'll see. But at least we're coming up on a big milestone, and people should tune in for that. We'll probably, I don't know, pop some champagne, get some bubbly, do something a little fun. I'll cry. Cringe. Emotions are cringe. 
Anyway, that's the show. Catch you all later.